welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 7, and we're going to read um, down to verse 11. And actually, as Pastor Adrian was praying, the Lord just said, you know what, go to 1 Peter 4. We're going to talk about this for a few minutes. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about four keys for the end of the world. Four keys for the end of the world. Hasn't it kind of felt like it's been the end of the world lately? <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes? Am I the only... Okay, I'm glad Julie knows that song because I <laughs> And I, I know Pastor Blake really knows that song too. Don't you, Pastor Blake? Oh, he's, oh yeah. It has felt like it's been kind of like the end of the world lately, hasn't it? No? Okay, thanks, Ella. Yes, it does. It has felt like that. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 says this. Peter's talking. He says, hey, guys, the end of the world is coming soon. This is a great thought, isn't it? The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, and he begins to list off some things that are important because the end of the world is coming soon. Now, I want to point out that this book was written like in A.D. 64, I believe. Maybe A.D. 60, not 80, I'm saying A.D., Anno Domine, 64. And so back then, they thought the end of the world was coming, and they were waiting on the return of Jesus. And so Peter is writing to these people, and he says, hey, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, here's some things that you need to do. If the end of the world is coming, if things look terrible, if things look bad, if it looks like the ship is going down, and you're sitting on, on the front deck, and the, the Titanic just crashed with the iceberg, and the band is playing, and it looks like things are going down, here's what you need to do. Number one, he says, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Now, yes, I'm going to tell you that is assuming that you do pray. Sorry, that's an assumption that Peter is making here to Christian believers who call themselves followers of Jesus. He's assuming that Jaden prays. He's assuming that Margaret prays. And he says, when you are praying, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. See, let me tell you this little secret. As a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as one who imitates imitate, Jesus, <laughs> you are called to imitate him in every area of his life. And what do we see Jesus doing all through the four Gospels? Where is he always at? What's he always off doing? Besides performing miracles, besides walking on water, besides tearing up loaves of bread and fishes and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying, he's also off all the time praying. Peter says, the end of the world is coming soon, so therefore what you need to do with your time, Josiah, is be earnest and disciplined in your prayer. Things look terrible. Things look hard. Things look confusing. You're not sure what's happening in your life or your marriage or your family or your relationships or your finances. You're not sure what's going on in your body. Then be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Can I get an amen? Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this as well. We need to be a whole lot more serious and sincere about our prayer time with the Lord than a lot of us currently are. You know, I was reading what I was getting rid of. I don't want to tell you too much about next week's message, but when I was getting ready, ready for uh, our, the message I was going to share tonight, I was looking at some stats. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but do you, do you know who Barna is? The Barna Resource, the Research Institute. They do studies and they look up stuff. They do stats and they take polls. Well, during COVID, they did a, they did a poll about Christians and how much they're actually reading their Bibles and praying during COVID. So these, these stats are from last year. And do you know that only 11% of Christian believers, church-going people, we're reading their Bibles every day. Then there was like 9% that read it maybe four times a week. And there was another 9% that read it maybe up to four times a week. Now, if you do the quick math, that's 29%. Where's the other 71? There's not a lot of believers that are being earnest and disciplined in their relationship with Jesus. And I'll tell you this, what the world needs now more than anything is not Jeff's opinion. I mean, Jeff's got some great thoughts. Jeff's got some great opinions. Jeff's got some great beliefs. Jeff is a great, amazing person. But what the world needs more than the amazingness of Jeff is his sincerity and his authentic and his real relationship that has transformed him with Jesus and that he takes that into the world. That's what the world needs. The world needs you spending time with Jesus, you spending time in the presence of the Lord. So everywhere you go in every conversation that you have, in every person you talk to, that you are bringing that reality of Christ into the room. That's what the world needs. Be earnest. The end of the world is coming. Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Four keys for the end of the world is what we're talking about. Only a few more minutes, guys. Hang on. I'm coming. I'm, we're, we're doing this. Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, everybody find somebody beside you and say, most important of all. No, say it like you, like this is impo- like most important, like say it like you mean it, most important. And you don't, you don't throw phrases around when you're writing a letter to someone. See, back then, uh, Peter couldn't just like pick up the phone and call his friends and be like, hey, I need to change what I, I didn't say that right. I didn't phrase that properly. He couldn't send an email and change it. He couldn't send a text. He couldn't post it on social media and be like, hey, I need to make a correction to the, what I just said to you. He says, most important of all. So beyond everything else we're going to talk about, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Now, again, there's a bit of an assumption being made here. Because he uses the word continue, which is assuming that you already are showing deep love for one another. Jesus said that they would know we are his disciples by our haircuts. He said, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. Love beyond anything else should be the defining characteristic of your life. 
People should be able to look at you and see love oozing out of every word, out of every action, out of your thoughts when they're in your presence. Have you ever been around someone who is just full of the love of God? And, and when you find yourself in that place, you don't, you don't want to leave, do you? you? You like being there. You like being around that person. That person makes you feel better. That person, there's something about them that just you want to stay there. I want to tell you this he says above all these things continue to show deep love for each other deep love not surface love not not easy love not casual love deep love deep love requires work because people are hard Pe people are hard it's, it's hard to be around people it's hard to have relationships with people it's hard to be married to people it's hard to have kids am i am i right you're all staring at me like nah, can i agree yeah it's true like let me tell you this relationships and people are one of the vehicles that the lord uses to perfect his love in your life you're like what does that mean that's a lot of words. I mean, we're all here on this planet together, and we're all connected. We all are in community. We all have to do it. You've got family. You've got friends. You've got people you like. You've got people you don't like. And here's the thing. The Lord brings these people into your life so that you get to walk around. You get to bump up against them. And his love, like sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. And when you don't like them, you've got to work on that, don't you? And, and the Lord's like, Jaden, you didn't act very right. You didn't say the right thing. You're, you said something snarky to that person. And you need to, very sarcastic, Jaden. You're such a, such a mean person. You, if you know Jaden, these are like all completely opposite of Jaden. Jaden's the world's nicest person. But people come into your life and you have to work. You have to allow the Lord to work inside of you because it's hard dealing with people. And so people come into your life, people are there with you, and he uses those relationships, he uses those people, he uses those situations to perfect his love in your life. I am wholeheartedly convinced that, that marriage, one of the primary uh, goals of marriage is not sex. It... <laughs> I could see Jacob's eyes. He was like, really? Are you sure? Yeah. It, <laughs> no way. No. Oh, Jacob would never say that. It's not friendship. It's not to cure loneliness. It's not to fill a need or a void in your life or your heart. I am convinced that one of the biggest goals of marriage is to have Christ's love worked deeper and broader and come out into the fullness of what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, it's not just about you feeling good. Those are all great side benefits. Those are all great things that come from marriage. Those are all parts of it. But I think one of the real big key benefits of being married is that Christ's love is allowed to be worked inside of you and be formed more 
perfectly and more beautifully so that the end of your marriage, when you've been married 50 years, when you've been married 60 years, when you've been married 70 years, when you've been, I just saw somebody in some of the news story, they've been married 80 years. 80 years. Could you imagine the amount of love and work that the Lord was able to do inside of you in 80 years of marriage? The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and sincere in your prayers. Above all these things, continue to love each other deeply. He says, show deep love for each other because love covers a multitude of sins. Hey, guess what? Everybody makes mistakes, don't they? We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to mess up. But love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully, number three, he says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. In the end of the world, you need to have a hospitable spirit. You need to open your heart up. You need to open your home up and allow people in and be hospitable because the end of the world is here and people need to hear the good news of Jesus. And what better place to hear that good news than sitting around a table, drinking coffee, drinking tea, drinking pop, having something to eat, having, playing a game and having a good time. You need to open up your hearts and your home so that people can hear about Jesus. The end of the world is coming soon. Give people a place to go, whether that's physically or whether that's in your heart. Do you know what I mean when I say in your heart? A lot of us are really good at putting up walls around our heart and not letting people in. And so you can never grow together. You can never grow in your relationships. You can't grow deeper in your relationships because you have these walls built up that people can't get past. But for people to know the good news of Jesus Christ, to have their lives transformed, they need to be able to get inside and get access to who you are, to hear your story, to hear your pains, to hear your trials, to hear what you've gone through and what Jesus has done in your life. Open your heart. Be hospitable. Yes? All right, one more here. Then he says this. Number four, and I love this verse so much. It says, God's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. I like that so much, I'm going to read it again. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Every person sitting in here, God has given you a special gift, a unique gift from his great variety, great variety of spiritual gifts. Man, there is something that only Mike has. There's something that Ashley has. There is something that God has given to Stephen. There is something that God has put inside of Connor. There is something, a unique, special gift, special variety gift, special edition gift that the Lord has put inside of Cheryl. And he says this. These gifts aren't there for us to feel good about ourselves and not to think, oh, I'm so special. Look at the special gift that I have that nobody else has. This is my special gift. He says this, God's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God's given you a gift. What does that mean? He says, use them well to serve one another. God's put something inside of you and it's, it's 
there for you to use it. You got to figure out what that gift is. The end of the world is coming. He says, the end of the world is coming. Be earnest and disciplined in your prayer. Continue to show deep love for each other. Be hospitable to people and use your gift. These are the four things that the, the Apostle Peter says are important because the world is ending. It looks like the world's ending out there. Things are scary, confusing. We don't know what's going on. It's just a weird time to be alive. And he says, when it looks like that, do these things. Deep, sincere prayer. Continue in it. Deep love. Grow in your love. Be hospitable. And then find out what your gift is because God's given each of us a gift and use that gift to serve people. So many of us, so many of us have, I don't know what this thing is, but it looks special. This is not ours. We don't carry this around with us. I, don't, I have no idea what this thing is. But it sits, every, every week we've come in here and it's been sitting on the stage. Don't tell them I'm touching it right now. We, we might not be supposed to be touching it. I don't know what this thing does. But it looks special. And, and the Lord comes to each and every one of us and gives us a special gift. This is for you, Ella. This is, this is the special gift that I'm giving you. It's just for you. I've created, I thought about you, I planned for you, and I've put this gift together just for you. And what a lot of people do, a lot of believers do, is we hang on to my special gift. And this makes me special. The Lord gave this to me. So I want to keep it tucked away, and I want to keep it safe, and I don't want anybody to see it. I don't want to, I don't want to get it taken away from me. I don't want it to get tarnished. I don't, want, I don't want it to get stolen from me, so I'll tuck it away, and I'll keep it safe. But let me tell you this. At the end of your life, the special gift that the Lord gave you, he wants, let's just say this is what it looks like, okay? He wants this thing to be so banged up so scratched up and dented and warped and looked like it's been run over by a truck a hundred times because you took the special gift that he gave you from his great variety of spiritual gifts, you took that and he used it because people need the gift that he has placed inside of you. The end of the world is coming, uh, so what should you do? You need to find out the special gift that the Lord has given you and use it well to serve people because there's things inside of you that God has placed there that need to be drawn out of you, that need to be used because there's things that Tanner needs inside of Olivia. So the gift that you have Needs to be all banged up and dented and like barely, you, you look, if you looked at it, you'd be like, good Lord, what is that thing? Well, this is my special gift from the Lord. This is what he gave me. This is, this is my unique gift. He says, use them well. Use them well. Do you believe that you have a gift from the Lord? Do you really? then use your gift. I'll, I'll tell you something. We had church tonight, didn't we? Hmm. So here, here I am, preaching. Do you know who brought all the gear here tonight? 
me and Jacob. Do you know who set everything up tonight? Me and Jacob. And then the worship team showed up and we set up gears. Who did sound tonight during worship? I did. Who is preaching now? I am. Guess who is packing up all the equipment when you leave this place tonight? Me. Me and Jacob. Guess who's taking it back to the office and unloading it while you're all probably at home or having a hamburger or enjoying dinner? Yep, I'll give you three guesses. You only get one. (laughs) Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because there are gifts in the house that need to be used. We all have a gift. I, I, I don't want to be the everything man. And beyond that, it's not good for me to be the everything man. It's not good for me to be the guy that's packing up the gear, that's coming here, that's setting up the sound, that's doing sound, that's, that's preaching the message, that when you all leave is making sure all the lights are shut off and everything's packed up. I don't want you to feel bad for me. I'm not asking you to feel bad for me. I'm telling you this because you need to use your gifts. Because in using your gifts, you grow, you bump up against people, you got to work through issues, you got to use your love, you got to spend time praying because that person ticked you off when you showed up. You've got to grow. And it's about becoming part of the body and using the gifts. He says, each one of you has been given a gift. And he, can we just, we'll, we'll end here. I'm, I've talked way longer than I wanted to, I'm sorry. But I want to read this to you, and I want to read it right. He says, God's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. There's gifts inside of you that God has placed there, not for your own, your own enjoyment, your own private time. Sure, that's a great benefit, but he has placed those gifts inside of you to serve one another well. Well. Let's do it. Let's do it. Four keys for the end of the world. Continue in deep, sincere prayer. Continue in deep love for one another. Be hospitable and use your gift to serve others well. People need you. People need your gift. People need your ability. People need your talents. Use your gifts to serve people well. Amen? Amen. Stand up with me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for tonight. God, I thank you for, for people using their gifts tonight. God, I thank you that, that worship wasn't, you know, it was great. But we thank you that it went beyond what we expect normally. We didn't just sing songs. We thank you, God, that that Jen began to step out and use her gift and began to have prophetic words. And then, Father, we thank you that Jacob stood up and used his gift and took over and exhorted us in giving. And, Father, we thank you then that Pastor Adrian got up and used her gift of intercession and led us in prayer for our nation and for our country. Father, I just thank you right now by your Holy Spirit, that all across this place that you are beginning to point out and show each and every one of us what the gifts that you have placed inside of us are, that you are giving us the ability to use these gifts. Father, I thank you that you are expanding our hearts with your love so that we can continue to walk in deep love with one another. And Father, I thank you right now 
that you are putting a burden to pray in our hearts that you are putting a hunger inside of us to grow in our relationship with you realizing that we need you now more than ever before things look dire things look scary and things look confusing and father i thank you right now by your spirit that you are stirring up a hunger on the inside of us that you are fanning a flame that we are people that are set apart and defined by you not defined by our own opinions not defined by our own choices or our own styles but we are people that are set apart and defined by your love Amen. by your characteristics god that people Thank look you, at god. us and know that we are yours because of our love for them Jesus, we thank you for all you've done tonight and all you continue to do. God, I ask for grace and strength to continue to move through this season with ease. We love you, Jesus. We say, continue to have your way. May your kingdom come and may your will be done. In your son's name we prayed and we all said, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.